Back in the 70s, board games and improv theater had a baby, and it was called the role-playing game. These games allowed a generation of kids to live out their dreams of slaying dragons and saving kingdoms, all while sitting in their bedrooms and basements. Today, gaming has moved into the cultural mainstream, and role-playing games are back with a vengeance. Join us now as five of these former kids come out of the basement and onto the internet to experience adventure, mystery, and obscure pop culture references. It's time for Roll for Combat. Hey there, welcome to Roll for Combat. I'm your GM and host, Steven Glicker. And in this week's show, this is the week that the nerds prevail. All the fighting, all the survival going through the jungle, all that is over. Now it's time to figure out what the heck is going on. And for that, they need nerd power. So check out as the nerds take over in this week's show. Also this week, my GMPC tip is why you should always have an NPC as part of the party. If you notice in most of these episodes, there's always some NPCs hanging out with the PCs. For the last couple of months, you've heard Woolholes hanging out with them, cooking their food, being totally goofy. And I'm going to go into what the advantages are of having an NPC in the party. So those of you who are interested in actually playing some games, the Discord channel for Roll for Combat has blown up. We're actually in the process of getting approved as an official lodge for Paizo. What that means is, well, we're just officially approved to somewhere where you can play games and will be officially recognized and listed in all the literature and brochures. Plus, people from Paizo and members of the community will come and hang out more often than not. For example, Hillary Moon Murphy has been hanging out on the Discord quite a bit. She's in charge of all the play-by-post games for Paizo. So if you're interested in playing some play-by-post or the occasional live game, do come down to discord.rollforcombat.com. We have something like six Pathfinder playtest games going on, a couple of Starfinder games, and they're even going to be starting up some Pathfinder regular 1.0 games in this short while. So do check that out. As for the Pathfinder playtest coverage on the podcast, we are still figuring that out. I do have a couple of episodes in the can, but I want to have more than just one or two. I want to actually have a good number so that you guys could actually listen to us play from beginning to end. But unfortunately, they decided to release Pathfinder playtest in August, where every single person on the team is going on vacation, including myself. So it is making it difficult for us to record everything at once. But don't worry, it is going to be coming. But to keep you guys happy, I did release my interview with Stephen Radney McFarlane yesterday, so you guys can listen to that. And we're going to have other little tidbits and interviews coming up in the near future, so do check that out. Otherwise, sit back, relax, and listen to the finishing up of Book 2 of the Dead Sons Adventure Path. Helenar is looking at all of you pensively, and otherwise, he just says in ancient, ancient Elvish, and says, Halt, fell warriors. What do you wish of the temple? My mind has been muddled 
and do not remember much. And I see you've fought a big fight. Do not bring your weapons and violence here, as this is a sacred place. We can get out of rounds. So you can do what you're going to do. Oh, okay. Uh, I'm happy to talk, but I don't speak Elvish. If somebody else wants to, I'm happy to assist somebody else's diplomacy role with my genial and friendly motions. So I will assist whomever speaks to him, which is an automatic win. I have a diplomacy of 12. Bob Marquis is playing the human envoy, Rusty Carter. So I assist whoever chooses to engage with him. There's no automatic win. Yeah, I know. That's why I rolled so what are you guys going to do? Um, so we took like images of the writing at the other temple, right? Jason McDonald is playing the Soki mechanic Tuttle Blacktail and his drone, Cheddar. I'm going to hold up one of those images and I'm going to say, we're not, we're not violent people. We're explorers seeking to learn more about these writings. He looks over to you all and looks towards Hiroji who still looks like an elf, and says, Why do you have an elf with you? Who is he? Ah, that can be easily explained. Well, then please do. Does he have his weapon in hand now? Chris Beamer is playing the Lushunta operative, Hiroji. Yeah, he has his weapon. He's not holding it up. It's like down, but he's he's, he's just there. Uh, I, I walk, because I, 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 you know what? Because I gangster it up, because I do not give an F. I walk right up to him. I say, look. All right. We are peaceful. We have nothing but good intentions. And we have no ill will. The people that we had to fight against, we fought them because they were desecrating your temple. And we have destroyed the intruders. He looks at you. Give me diplomacy for that. Oh, nice. And he has Bob's uh, plus two. Plus two for me. Nice. John Stats is playing the Vesk soldier, Mo Dupinski. I hope I put a point in diplomacy. I hope I put a point in that. You make a great team. Yeah. I forget if I did or not. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Everyone I did. I did. Have, everyone should always have diplomacy at least. 15. That's not terrible. He looks at you and he looks back at the smoke and he goes, Elvin brother, Explain. I noticed the symbols, and I do not know who you are, and I do not know what happened, but I am here to protect this temple and everything within, only to those who wish to learn knowledge, not those who seek glory. You explain. We do not seek glory. We seek only the knowledge within the temple and and all of the religiousness that it has to offer. We have no. <laughs> we we carry weapons because we must defend ourselves against. You, you know the scene in the airplane where Leslie Nielsen's nose keeps growing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I'm waiting en- to see your bluff roll. Do you have a point in bluff there, Chris? I sure. enjoy gladiator movies. <laughs> <laughs> have you ever been in a Turkish prison? Right. <laughs> we have no ill will. In fact, we do not even wish entry into the temple at this time. We shall. <laughs> we shall retreat. And uh, come back and at a later time to contemplate. Okay. He looks at you and he's like, are any of your members in the temple currently? 
What happened to it? I see smoke rising from it. Were you responsible for that? And he like tensely holds his weapon. No, we were not responsible for that. These raiders were responsible for that. We are clearing them out, and we're restoring honor to your temple. Mm. They did take one. They did take one of our comrades, and she is resting in there because she had quite an ordeal. Mm. Give me diplomacy for that. Is the smoke rising from the collapsed roof that they yes. triggered? Okay, yeah. just making sure something else didn't happen. Plus two. That's pretty good. Nice. Yes, 20. Tuttle the diplomat. Nice, Tuttle. He's trying to help tell you what to say in the right language. Or natural 20. Nice, Tuttle. Tuttle speaks Elvish. Speak Elvish. Go right ahead. Let's see the uh, let's see the roll. Hiroji. What? I rolled it. Natural 20. Hiroji. Who, who's talking? Who, oh. The Hiroji's. I, you, I thought you meant Tuttle. Yeah, he, Tuttle's the one talking. I was the one that said Dr. Solstarni was inside the temple because the other people took her. Oh, got it, got it, got it. I didn't know who you wanted to. Okay, got it. it. Sorry. So he looks around, and he, he's like, he's like, excuse me for a second. Oh, boy, we just got Dr. We just got way lost of Dr. Solstarni killed. <laughs> no, no, no. He's walking up, and he looks at... Acceptable losses. He looks up at Tahoe Man, and he looks at the cultists. And then he is sort of like flipping through some of their stuff. And then he comes back to you and he says, come with me. Show me what happened in the temple. Explain to me everything that occurred with him. And he walks to the front doors and opens them up, asking you to follow. All right. I follow. All right. Mo doesn't understand Elfish, so he's not going to follow uh, what he is going to I, do. I call, I call Mo in the comm link. I think Mo... Uh, Roger, Roger, uh, come into the temple. We have business. Yeah, uh, not doing that. I'm searching these bodies out here, so Excellent. that's what's going on. And you go do that. I will join uh, you to look genial and yeah. Mo says yeah, you can't you can't hear you. Breaking up, breaking up. Searching, <laughs> searching for loot. I'm gonna, I'm gonna leave Cheddar outside. If this guy turns on us, we're probably dead anyway. So I'd like Cheddar to live. I would like that. Since I'm wearing his shirt right now. Uh, he looks around and he's like, he looks at the damage of the collapsed ceiling. And he looks at you, holding his weapon tightly. He says, explain what happened here, quickly. This temple was invaded by uh, raiders. And we have come on the express uh, notes of the university to come and seek knowledge. And we ran into these raiders and we killed them all. These, all these deaths in here are our hands. These are people who came to desecrate your temple. But they tried to destroy the temple as a trap to try to kill us when we were trying to remove them. I see. And who are you? What is your interest in the temple and its knowledge? As I said, we were interested. We found these writings on a distant, on our, our own home planet, and the path led us here, and we wanted to learn more about these writings. I see. So you did not take those images from the stargazer, is that what it appears to be? Do you have other images as well? What is this stargazer? We we have we we were also at the plague warden. We saw some writing there as well. Describe this plague warden. The statue of the female elf with uh, boils a couple a day or two away from here. Surely you know of it. The stargazer you... Yes, the stargazer you speak of. Oh, that's the stargazer. Okay. I, uh, we had heard of it as the plague warden. There were also writings on a 
asteroid floating in space. Interesting. Interesting. Fascinating. So you say you found these writings from the heavens and you came here to investigate. That's certainly one way to put it. That is a worthy use of the temple. So what do you wish to learn from your these writings? What is your purpose? I will not let you desecrate or take any of the works here, but knowledge is its own reward. Let us continue through the temple and see. Walks through and he sees the dead bodies on the floor, the, the two cultists, the three cultists actually, and says, are these the ones who tried to desecrate and destroy the temple? These are the ones who did desecrate and destroy the temple. Yes, these are the friends of the dead people outside. They set off the charge that ruined the ceiling. I see. I see. Hmm. He seems quite concerned and upset about this. Continues to walk through the charred remains on the broken ground. And he gets to the main temple. And then he oh, there's going to be people in there. So, dude, there's a, there's a, there's a person in there. He's like, he says, okay. Two, 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 technically. Way yeah, these, yeah, they, well, yeah, there's two. Yeah, there's a researcher. But they're, they're, they're researchers. They're people of science as well. Okay, so he walks in. He opens up the door to the main temple, which has the uh, the library, if you will. And sure enough, you see Solstarni Wolholz just like, there's just books piled up. And it's, it's orderly, though, but they definitely have been doing quite a bit of research. And he says... In Elvish, of course, who says, explain your knowledge gathering. And so Starney and Bulls look at the elf and they're like, <gasps> and then they look scared. Like they duck behind the books thinking they're going to be attacked. So we think he's friendly. He's, he is, he only wants to ensure people are using the temple for the, for the acquisition of knowledge. So I think he will be friendly as long as you explain truthfully what we're doing here. So Starney and uh, Wallace like sort of like put their like head like their nose right above the books as they both sort of sheepishly look outside, and then their arms are all up too. <laughs> like so Starney has like all four of her arms up. She's like, we're, "We're here for knowledge. We're professors from the university. We we dedicate our lives to knowledge and study. We mean absolutely no harm." And they're going on and on talking about how this is just everything and their histories and they just want to learn and they're not going to des- desecrate the books and they're treating with utmost respect and he just sort of puts his weapon down and says ah yes learner types they do not change no matter what century it is i recognize them right away nerds <laughs> nerds <laughs> exactly he's like as long as you treat the temple with the utmost respect be careful with all those works as they're ancient and do not remove anything from this temple. He's like, hmm, I guess I've misjudged you. It appears I was put under a spell of some sort and was forced to repel you. How did you manage to get in here? I do vaguely remember fighting you. How did you manage to slip through my grasp? Well, we beg, we beg your pardon, but we did have to elude you and climb into the temple because we had to rescue our friend here. It was a too it was too important. Ah, interesting. Mm. Next time I'll make sure to start walking the perimeter. My centuries of standing guard has made my security measures lax. Very, very good. Well, I will thank you. And he pulls out a crystal 
in his uh, in his pocket, and he says, "For breaking the spell and destroying these men who wish to desecrate the temple, I give you this as thanks." And it appears to be some Solarian crystal of some sort. You're not exactly sure what this is, but he hands it over to Mister Tuttle. Well, we just need to stretch the space-time continuum and give it to Nala. Yeah. All right, can we ask you one more question? Uh, the of path, course. The path continues up the hill. What would be up there? Because the, the other group of people were clearly up at the top. What? Oh, that is uh, where our observatory is, where we would study the stars and gather all that you see around you. And he, like, points to all the books. And he says, this, this is our temple. Our Temple of the Twelve, as it is called. And I, Pelinar, Sun Spear of the Inscrutable, it's been my duty to guard this place against those who would despoil or misuse my people's discoveries. This, the Temple of the Twelve, is the last repository of my people's lore in this system. Before me is the Veil beyond which terrestrial ignorance melts beneath the weight of cosmic enlightenment. This is a sacred place. There you go. Well, all I heard was bar, 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 bar. I don't speak Elvish. That's right. I heard many things, but we must continue our journey. Would we be allowed to go up to the observatory? Of course. The observatory is probably nothing but ruins at this point. But you may wish... If you wish we you need want. to see what they were up to because they could be causing far more devastation. We do not know. We got to find out. Go right ahead. As for this, I will continuously come in and check on you. But for now, I will begin the long process of cleaning up and repairing the temple. Yes. If we are able to live and get through civilization, we make this promise to you. We shall send people and resources back to restore the temple to its full glory. Bluff check. Oh my god. Alright. Why are you lying, Joe? Why, Why are you even bothering? Oh, that is just mean. <sighs> it didn't have to be a lie. You, I mean, the <laughs> university might have actually sent people back. Bluff check. Pretty good. Girls, a dollar will want to come here. Alright. I mean, yeah. in my mind, I'm not thinking it's probably possible, and I'll do everything I can to make it happen. All right, let's go. Yes, that would be most helpful, although it is my duty to continuously maintain this temple, for I have eternal life. He is undead, after all, and ancient, from what you can tell. He says, says that would be most helpful, but I will begin my long journey. I will be here if you have further questions. However, you must learn all that you must on your own, for I am not to interfere on your spiritual and knowledge journey. All right. He will, he will not help you, but he will not hinder you either. And he did give you a little gift. That's kind of all we're asking at this point. We, uh, not, not killing us is pretty good. Yeah, not killing was all we were really going for. That's great. Uh, does... Rusty want to make any more, em- or, or I'm sorry, does Hiroji want to make any more empty promises before you guys leave? Nope, I'm good. I'm ready to explore the mountain. Does Hiroji want to lie about things that would equally get us if he told the truth anymore? Uh, Hiroji is a man of honesty in his own mind. You know, he does. <laughs> 
feel like he has to say things in a certain way. Uh, so, yeah. Is, is this along the lines of everyone's the hero of their own story? That, that in Hiroji's world, he really is the hero here. Well, yes. And uh, <laughs> it will be proven out in, uh, in actual reality, too, and not just the Matrix. So let's head up northwest and let's see what's up there. Chop, chop. Well, uh, hold as on. Well, as well as let's fire up this comm unit and see what we can learn from that. Too. Yeah. And yeah. 10 minute rest. Yeah. While you guys are in there, Mo is going to search uh, the body of this magic user first. Uh, Tahoe Min. Tahoe Min. Tahoe Min. And uh, he's looking in there for some good stuff. Okay. Tahoe Min's got a whole bunch of things. All right. He has his D-suit, which is that light armor. Of course, it's, like, covered in reaver gear. Yeah. He has a survival knife. He had the detonator that he threw away. All right. He has a personal comm unit. Uh, okay. He has two weeks field rations. Uh-huh. He's five ready-to-eats. And then he has some... Spellbook. Three batteries is a weird looking pistol that you've never seen before. Oh. And oh. he has um something on his forehead, which you also haven't seen before. Um, is the thing on his forehead a military thing? No. Okay. Uh I think I actually identified this um pistol before, but Nope. I will try. You did not. Alright, uh what do I? I'm just gonna roll a d20. Engineering. Engineering. Uh, no, no, no. It's a knowledge check for military item. Yeah. Mm, it's engine mm. to identify. Hold on. It's a Vesk thing, basically. I know uh, what it is. Oh no, actually, it's a soldier thing. Not no, it's not even. Font. It's not a soldier thing. It's your theme knowledge. Uh, culture profession checks when related to knowledge of militaries. There it is. So do a culture so. profession. Okay. Do you have culture? profession i did you put points in it i don't so no you can't do the check who wants to do the oh, check okay. <laughs> oh. i can do engineering no, whoa, 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 whoa. So. hold on hold on the, he doesn't have any spell to, he has no spell books no no intel or anything no oh. okay all right no they draw their energy from the universe That's oh, your, your right. well mo doesn't know any of that spell so. books are gone what are you talking you're thinking pathfinder buddy well mo doesn't know anything from uh magic so he's looking for a spell book spell books are long gone that's like a that's a that's whole that's a wizard thing he, he wanted to uh blow his nose in one of the pages that's very disrespectful uh-huh. casters are the only thing that matters actually we're uh, resting 10 minutes first off. Yep. Hold on. 10-minute rest. Everyone, stop talking. Okay. Tuttle got a 21 on the engineering. On the pistol. Yeah. On the pistol. Let's see if you know what it is. Someone else want to do an engineering. Yup. 25. All right. 25. You know what it is. Hiroji has seen this or heard of this before as it is uh it's pretty horrible actually this is something that members of the cult of the devourers uses and they are terrifying looking weapon it is a disintegrator pistol liquidator 
It is a level six small armed hand pistol that has a range increment of 15. It does 1d10 acid damage. Nice. And is worth 4,500 credits. And it holds 20 charges. It uses two and bulk light. That's it. Nice. Mo can use one of those, too. It is literally a disintegrator gun. It does 1d10. Does it do anything weird on a crit? No, it does not. But some of the... You've heard rumors that the higher level ones can do things like corroding and stuff. And that basically, yeah, it's a disintegration ray. They're horrible. Is that an upgrade for anyone? It would be more damage for me. It's an upgrade for everybody. It's a small arm. It does 1d10 acid. It's uh, nothing that's that high. I was joking. I I would love it. And my damage sucks, but... Well, there's a couple problems. First of all, I am by far the best small arm user. So, like, when pistols are involved, I'm always got to be first choice. That's A. B... According to whom? Me. Yeah. Well, no, because my whole thing is I do massive damage with handguns. But didn't, didn't you just do three damage on your last shot? I know. I, I, it's a roll, and I failed the you roll. You have long arms, though. No, no, I don't have long arms. I have sniper rifle. Oh, right, so you that's can use right. sniper rifle. No, no, no. I, my, my trick attack, my, my tri- that's, well, a, that, that's, just, that's, a, that's an off-spec thing. My um, sneak attack is all based on uh, handguns, but I don't really want this gun because the problem with this gun, range 15, sucks. It sucks. Why don't you keep going because there's other things. So yeah, why now don't we, why don't we get our yeah, information first and then yeah. we can figure out who gets the toys. Yeah, that's yeah. not so good. Before you start fighting over everything, why don't you figure out what else you got here? Uh, the I other one Roji. you need to do a mysticism check on because it is, uh, it is a magic item. Oh, you better let me do that. What do you know? I, I don't. I don't like magic. Do you need right. an assist from Mo? I do. Well, you ain't getting one. He has no mysticism. Tuttle doesn't Come believe on. in that hippie stuff either. Come on. Yeah. Come on. Just roll. <laughs> I can't find it. Go to your skills. Double click. No, no, that no that works. No those hand no those work. Twelve. Mysticism well, not, roll. Not a great roll. Uh you actually know what this is only because you're Lashunta. This is a psychic booster. It's a circlet originally designed by Lushuntas that fits over your brow and wraps around your antennae. And it augments the power of your inherent psychic abilities and it basically increases the range of your telepathy from 30 feet to 60 feet. Oh, I'll totally take that. It's worth 2,000 credits, by the way. That's a great item, actually. So when you want to guys figure out who's getting what, just remember, 2,000 credits plus the sniper rifle, which is worth thousands, too, went to Hiroji. Hiroji has got all the good stuff, basically. Right. Why would you comment on that? Yeah. Like, wait. I, 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 oh, oh, it doesn't, it it doesn't was... make sense that you would comment on that and no, lead, no, no. Lead, lead, <laughs> the, you would lead the jury in a certain direction. I <laughs> <laughs> a mistrial. A no, mistrial. The judge didn't need to make that comment, I assure you. We kind of already had figured that out. No, because I'm keeping track of all the weapons, and I'm just keeping track of how much everything is worth. they all happen to be things that I can use. Like, no one can use a sniper rifle at all. And nobody else can use this handgun that you want now. No, no, I don't don't want that handgun. I don't want it. Uh, You know what? Um, Yeah, I do want it, but you know what? Let's, like, you can have it. I'll give it It does have a 15 foot. Oh, that's so nice. It would actually be very good for Cheddar. Actually, it would also be very good for me. I, I have no melee abilities. So Rusty, 
Oh, what are the chances you're going to get within 15 feet of someone to use the weapon? Well, then I'll take a range increment for the extra damage, because keep in mind, when I'm attacking, so I'm So you're going to be within 30 feet of an enemy, really. That that happens pretty that, often. Really? Only because they run up to you. I would doubt that you well, ever get that close. Happen. You're absolutely right. I'm not impressed with that pistol at all. But all the right, psychic uh, booster, oh wait, it's made for Lashenta only. And it can only be good so we can c communicate in telepathy in well, combat. It works with anyone who can use telepathy. So if you had like Sheeran or anything that uses telepathy, but you don't. Mm, we have uh, inferior races. We have stinking John, vests John, Jason, things. remember at the <laughs> end of the final chapter. <laughs> rats and <laughs> we have rats and lizards. Rats on a plane. We have to kill Hiroji to get all our loot back. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. That's all we have to do. We have rats and lizards him. and something that used to be human, but not so much anymore, like a stinking I'm corpse. totally human. I am 100% human. I've heard that before. Look, human. <laughs> okay, now the D-suit. The D-suit's pretty awesome. It's, it's a light. It's light. And it does uh, plus six, plus five tier armor. Plus, it has an upgrade as you go through the suit. Wait, what are you talking about? His armor. It's called the D-suit. Oh, is it light armor? Yeah, it's light armor. Oh, it's I want fantastic. that. Fantastic. That's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> and really? it has an upgrade. Oh. It has an upgrade in it built in. Uh, I totally Do you want to know what the upgrade? The upgrade, you look through it, you like type it in. It's a thermal capacitor Mark One. Oh yeah, I need that. That's like, <laughs> oh, I, I really that's need worth like thirty six hundred uh, credits. This armor is worth six thousand credits. Okay, so Tuttle, obviously you can use this. Do we have the power to just mute Chris while we divide? Yeah, the uh, Chris, there's no loot for you. Okay, now, uh, Jason, John, yeah, let's how do you? Uh, what what does that armor do? The armor capacitor. It. Regulates heats, protects you from extreme temperatures. You can exist comfortably in conditions from 50 to 170 Fahrenheit without having oh, to attempt fortitude saves. And it grants you cold and fire resistance 5. So that wow, would have been really useful to trek really out good. here through the jungle. Mm -hmm. Yes, and you permanently have resistance 5 to fire, which, by the way, is like all laser pistols and That's cold. Insanely good. Uh, Jason, which would you prefer? A What's that pistol called? or a DC? Thermal capacitor. It's, you can put it on any armor. It's same, very same with Bob. Same to Bob. Yeah. I mean, it was useful last week. It wasn't. It's not going to be useful next week. That's, what are you talking you know, about? The it's, armor it's, it's, it's resistant to heat? Uh, that's yeah, nice. Uh, that will affect laser weapons. You're right. A DR5? I mean, yeah, you're right. Okay. That's That's everything. Uh, that's a frontline person, not me. So. Yeah, that's me, pretty much. Let's, let's uh, always uh, going to come. Always going to come back to me because you know what? I the psychic booster is a, a cosmetic thing. Oh, the yeah. pistol, I Shut have up. no interest. I have Shut no up, interest up, in at all. Uh, the okay, armor, we're, we're done, I, I'm interested. Good. All right, you, you, no problem. Uh, 
obviously John is right of first refusal to any armor because he's the guy. I, I I don't want any of this. He wears heavy armor. I, I just See, you to, don't know I what know. you're doing, no, Bob. I'm you don't even know. I, anything. I, I, you don't know anything. I, I was I, beginning a point, Chris. After that, the next is actually going to be Cheddar, except the Cheddar doesn't wear armor that I know of. So right. Cheddar's not point, a player character, so that's uh, off the list. Also, uh, yes, he like is, you're making two context. bad arguments already. No, in context. So I'm saying that the next thing. Context now. It's bad argument. It actually goes equally between Tuttle you or I as to who's going to use it, and generally Tuttle actually takes more. Yeah, I, I really don't want to spend all night on this because I don't. It, 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 Jason, is this an upgrade? Yes or no? I mean, it is, would it, it would be. I mean, uh, all yours. I, I, we're not we're not sure what the uh, stats okay. are on it. Though. So the so the armor is Jason's. Yeah. Right. The D suit is awesome. I mean, you can look it up. It's called yeah, D dash suit level one mark one. Jason, would you be cool with uh, Bob having the pistol and you having the armor? Yeah, that's, or that's fine. Okay. I mean, I would eventually want to upgrade my weapons as well, but I, right. the armor, the armor seems. I'm a bit of a coward at heart, so I wouldn't mind better armor. That's and I think you're the most fragile right now, so I think that's a good thing. Probably. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. You, 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 like the, the weapon is not an upgrade; it's actually garbage. It would sort of. I mean, it actually sort of work for Cheddar since he tends to be in melee range yeah, anyway. But it's yeah. not a huge upgrade over the junk cannon. I mean, Fifteen so. feet is awful. Yeah, it's not great. It, it's, um, awful. But, like it's, it's awful. It's not, it's not even not yeah, great. It's, it's not great. I'll, I'll wait for a real upgrade. I'll wait for well, something. Um, Actually, we and, should sell that and get the money if we can. We can't sell it. Melee weapon. No, you can sell it. it can no, sell it's it. a good melee weapon for Bob, like he was saying. Yeah, it's fine. So, it's uh, Chris gets, I thought that you can uh, only sell for 10%. 10, that's what you get, is 10%. That's right. Uh, Chris, oh, you can so get the survival knife. There you go. I already have one of those. You get the knife. Now you, well, I, I got a psychic booster, so they can all hear my wisdom. You did in get their mind. You did. So <laughs> now yeah, you can right. yell at them. Get out you of can my yell mind. at them from sixty feet away they, now. They, instead, they, they, they can all understand. Yeah, we all lose on that one. That's for sure. Yeah. Okay, oh yeah, so, you definitely lose. Um, yeah. Credit six anywhere, anywhere uh, on the the acolytes or the. Uh, so cultists? the acolytes, the, the the cultists are the same. They all have this. At this point, they all have stuff. I'm just going to assume. You're going to gather all this and put together, do the Greyhawk stuff we normally do. They have Lashunto Ringwear that's heavy. They have those Defiant Long Swords. By the way, you can take the Defiant Fusions off of those swords and put them on your own weapon. It just takes time, and it's like half the cost. If they're seals, you can move them from weapon to weapon. If they're just fusions, it's like 60 credits to remove it. And that's the thing that makes it so you can't disarm them. They do have some shock grenades. They do have the, sh the scatter guns. They do have 150 cred sticks each. So they had some stuff. Um, well, wait, what are you saying we can take off of what and put it under what? The defiant longswords. The longswords have defiant fusions on them. And the defiant was the one that makes it so you can't disarm them. And that even if you fall unconscious it still sticks stays in your hand so you don't Ooh, i want to attach that to my arc pistol okay that takes a while that's not like a five minute thing but i'm just saying if you don't want to sell those you can sell them no i'm totally yeah. using i mean yeah, there's, there's actually those. no point in selling anything to be honest okay that's something you guys because, because it's only five percent right you only get it's yeah crazy. and then you got that crystal thing that you guys don't even know exactly it's some solarian crystal thing um that you'll figure out later you yeah it's a it magic is. crystal you don't know and you basically have to have a solarian weapon to use it really. yes so. it's completely useless so to you guys unless you find a solarian somewhere well when i die i'm gonna make a solarian so yeah. cool um, yeah. you still have the computer system 
what computer? Yeah, I'd like system? to try to boot that up and see what's going you on. You mean the that. comm unit? Yeah. It's oh, okay. Computer. It's a big, That's uh, okay. Uh, you, you, find, you find the switch. The way of the Commodore Vic 20. Yeah. <laughs> it's a trash <laughs> 80. Ooh, 64. So you like boot it up. And you can boot it up even though it's disassembled. It's fine. Disassembled. It actually will still get you like base access. You just can't use it as a comm unit. And give me a computer's check to see if you can just like get into the base system. That better be me. Or Tuttle. Wow. Tuttle rolled a two for yeah. 14. And you still boot it up, no problem, because Tuttle's like, ah, oh, yeah, I know where it is. So you boot it up, and you can do a couple of things. You can see his correspondent history for the expedition if you want to look that up yeah that'd probably be a good place to start it looks like you sort of scroll through it and you find that he has dutifully purged all of his correspondent history leading up to this expedition and all you can determine is that the comm unit logged a call and a significantly large data upload about three hours ago so, unfortunately, it looks like he did his homework and he wiped everything, what he exactly sent. But you see a record of a long call and lots of data being sent. However, if you want to dig deeper into the computers and hack into it, you can try. Is there, is there any way to try to retrieve what, what he sent? Or yeah, you're going to have to hack into it. And that is, it's a tier two computer. So you can do a computer check. Roll better than a two this time. Twenty six. Yes. Tuttle is finally in his element. He's like, here we go, here we go. I don't know about this fighting stuff, but computers. Oh, you know, if you just do this and then you sort of do command C and then do. <laughs> he's all geeking out on this. Uh, he's not. He's not thrilled about being doing this out in the jungle, though. He's like, Where's oh the air god. <laughs> it's like insects and bugs. He's like, this just feels unnatural. Why am I using this a computer? This is intolerable. Why am I doing this outside? And like the sun is like reflecting on the screen and you can't quite see. It's really annoying. All right. You... Actually, I've been meaning to ask for some time, Jason. Is Tuttle shedding out in the jungle? I mean, you know, sort of he is a furry mammal. I will answer that. Yes. I've... I don't think they cover that, actually. Yeah, the heat sheds. Or unless you're a hairless Furry mammal, facility. change of seasons to hot weather. I don't know. There's evolution. It's not a great race. We're not happy with it. Yeah, well, that's what his uh, armor, it has like a built-in... He, he manscapes. He <laughs> or is his armor like built-in... It actually sucks up all the like loose hairs and stuff. Like a vacuum in there. Okay, yeah, there's like a little vacuum bag on the back. He empties everything. <laughs> a, a still suit desert fitted. <laughs> Um, yeah, you actually managed to hack in, and you managed to read Tahomin's recent communications. Ta-da! Incidentally, going back to the, I just, I was looking, I never, I actually never updated my first second scan armor, so yeah, I, the armor upgrade would be pretty good for me. Sorry. Okay, hold on a sec. Jason is always talking nonstop about Tuttle, Tuttle's armor. Oh my gosh! I know. <laughs> what am I thinking? Whining about the armor. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of crazy that every single piece of loot actually should go to me. Like it's not like you don't even understand. 
Like, it's not good for any of these cowards. <laughs> and it's not heavy armor, and it's not heavy weapon. Rather than me explain it, I'm going to have you guys figure this out. In character. <laughs> so everybody Sorry, listening along at home, do they get this? No, I'll have... John, I'll have uh, Tuttle go through it, and then he can explain or just read it out loud as is. All right. Mansplain um, it to me. Yes, please do. The Oasia Elves were a philosophical offshoot that spurned their sovereign kin and sought a new life of con- cosmic contemplation on Ukulam, thousands of years before the Gap. Their techniques quickly improved, and through a combination of telescopes and divination magic, the elves discovered a strange constellation of 12 stars that formed a perfect circle in the sky. The more they studied that constellation, the stranger their dreams became, and powerful scholar priests began recording the odd language they saw and heard. As the elves' knowledge of, of and exposure to the galaxy expanded, they parlayed with increasingly bizarre and powerful alien minds, most notably a powerful being known as Ibra, especially noteworthy because the elves' records suggest that Ibra may not have been a deity at the time. Through Ibra's teachings, the elves studied the mysterious circular constellation, learning that it was not a natural feature, but the construction of an impossibly ancient and highly advanced species untold light years away. Um, That's no moon, it's a space station. Um, Casting their minds far into the cosmos, the scholar priests sensed that the, the ring pulsed with an unnatural energy which led them to believe it to be a gateway of some kind. The elves called it the Gate of Twelve Suns, and they renamed their temple in honor of it. Some of the scholar priests believed that the Gate of Twelve Suns held, held back some powerful army. Others postulated that it magnified the thoughts and dreams of another galaxy, and that it could be the key to untold knowledge. The most popular hypothesis, though, was that the Gate of Twelve Suns represented such power that could only be, be or serve as the portal to some cosmically powerful superweapon. One of the scholar priests even posited the existence of a so-called stellar degenerator, which could drain all energy from a star, turning it into a, a hypothetical stellar remnant called a black dwarf. Unfortunately, there's no definitive note of where the Gate of the Twelve Suns is, as identifying its location was taboo to the elves. As interpretive disputes broke out amongst the elves, they agreed for that from the confines of Laskialua... That's the name of the city you're in, by the way. Okay. They could never confirm their theories, much less attain enlightenment through discovery under the inspired guidance of Ibra. They packed up what they needed, and they performed a ritual that the texts referred to only as the Celestial Voyage. The implication is that the elves traveled to another system... Though whatever they succeed, whether they succeeded or failed, is uncertain from these records. That's all right. In addition, there's some other notes that you find. Okay, Tahoman had made some notes. Tahoman posits that the twelve-star constellation, the Gate of Twelve Suns, opens to a demiplane that hides an unspeakably powerful superweapon. The cult leader believes the drift rock is a tiny fragment of this stellar degenerator, broken off when a portion of the demiplane was torn away and added to the drift as the result of drift travel. Tahuman also recommended that the Cult of the Devourer apply as many resources as possible to find the Gate of Twelve Suns and the Stellar Degenerator before anyone else does. Well, to destroy the Gate, I would hope. Sounds like Universal Armageddon. Yeah, this is bad news. Um, What could go wrong if a Cult of the Devourer found a big super weapon? I'm sure they would just use it to, like, you know, clean up their mole infestations or something yeah we only built the death star to create order in the galaxy that's all well that was actually accurate well and to blow up tatooine 
Well, yeah, but, you know, eggs, omelets. Omelets, eggs. Yeah, good point. In addition, Um, you also were able to figure out the coordinates of where this message was sent. It appears Tauman transmitted his message to a stretch of several hundred asteroids in the Diaspora. That sounds like important information. The is where again? Is it actually in our star system? It's in the packed world. It's like an asteroid belt in the packed world. It it is the asteroid belt. Okay, got it. Yeah, it's the asteroid belt. And, well, there's a lot there. There's miners, there's looters, pirates, cultists. A lot of nefarious things go there because people can set up operations on, like, one of those asteroids. There's, like... Everything from it's the Wild West. <laughs> Everything from legal to complete. nobody knows how to deal with the belters, man. Yes, exactly. They're the belters. That's right. <laughs> yeah, they're the belters. Um, does this uh, Mo doesn't know about all this hocus pocus with this uh, crazy machinery? Does this thing still work? Can you guys transmit uh, using this contraption? What the computer? Yeah, could we use it for for talking to either the Belters or Absalom Station or something? Uh, sure, you probably could if you had a little bit more time. You'd have to bring it back up to the mountain and use it from there. As I think we should go check the mountain anyway. See what see what's yeah. up there. Yeah, um, there's some more information you can also hack. You seem to find. Information regarding Tahomin's financial records in this computer as well. Oh yeah, let's transfer those things over to our, uh, our, hack our joint account. Yeah, you have to hack it. Hack that stuff. Who? Most. I got getting that. A, He's getting a screwdriver. He's looking for a screwdriver right now. Hiroji rolls a twelve and sets off one of the firewalls as he completely fails and almost wipes the data. Tuttle rolls a natural 20. Tuttle slaps Hiroji's fingers. Get out of here. Wait, I got <laughs> the... 32. Hiroji, <laughs> actually, should I say that you have... You, you, it says wipe countermeasures, which would wipe out all the, the, the credits that you would have found. And you did roll first, and you did roll a 12, so... Well, what's What do you mean yeah, by but, credits? Uh, but a 12 not terrible, though. No, no, no. The, we, we, the, we, the way it works is if you fail, you lose it. So you failed. Yeah. Um, you failed Thanks to hack it. it. And then the uh, the firewall wiped. It's called a wipe countermeasure that purges all the data. That's what it does. However, because Hiroji being incredibly impulsive, Mr. Tuttle manages to miraculously undo the damage Hiroji did with his natural 20 with a 32 and gets to the account. So he finds the account. It has 3,000 credits in, which is perfect. So you can give 1,000 credits to each of you. That's right. 1,000 each is exactly the right balance. Uh, Whisper and Tuttle's here. Uh, I loosened it up for you. He literally was setting off the wipe countermeasures, and Tuttle miraculously managed to get it before they wiped out the 3,000 credits forever. I I got that first protocol for you. He he pulled the plug out before the virus destroyed your system. Wait a minute. 3,000 credits? That's not 1,000 credits. Well, we're not giving any to Hiroji. Oh, okay. Yeah, he got the helmet thing. I got got nothing. I got nothing. Tunnel hands Hiroji a data pad with Fortnite installed on. (laughs) Here, here, play this. I I prefer P-U-B-G. That other game that's going down a flame. 
Oh, actually, since we're talking about loot, um, I'm going to need to get the Gate of Twelve Suns, the Stellar Degenerator. Oh, <laughs> you want that one? Great. Okay. So I'm just putting dibs on that. All right, let's move on. I, f I figured we'd mount that on Chatter, actually. If we ever come across <laughs> a mighty machine of Lum the Mad, that goes to me. That's yeah. all yours. Not a problem. That's fine. Yeah. But right. I need a good ranged weapon, and this Gate of Twelve Suns sounds like a good one. So it'll up my, my damage. All right. Range increment, nine-star systems. I'm, I don't think uh... I've ever seen you do damage, ever. So. <laughs> I, I quitted that one time. That didn't. Yeah, Mo is willing to carry this thing up the uh, hill. I think. So you're gonna, and if you were upset, you're going to be like, I'm going to be like doing stuff, and you're going to be like, Yeah, let me give that pistol to Hiroji. Like, yeah, let me actually give him that thing, because you don't understand the power. Yeah, when we're eighth level, we'll give that. Yeah, yeah, we're all looking forward to when we do that. But Bob, you've doubted me before. It's going to come back. And, to and I'm doubting you again now. Oh, yeah, I, okay. I, so my consistency is really right. You've only been zero for one, so you could go three strikes, so you'll be zero for two. And uh, uh, Well, we'll see what happens. I'm still waiting for you to do okay. one-third of the damage. Of the I, know. So. I know. I do like two damage. <laughs> I'm the fourth I do two damage. <laughs> we are a party made up of Mo and his three sidekicks. That's exactly it. A lot happened right now, but basically, he managed to... Now, this was more nefarious sounding than this. This actually was fairly uh, kind of evil. But the message was what Jason wrote, is that read, is that basically they found this really strange constellation of 12 stars in a perfect circle. Which obviously is impossible. <laughs> it's like the amount of technology and power to move stars and form them into a perfect circle is insane. Plus, they basically dedicated, these elves dedicated their lives to trying to understand what was going on here. And they believed that this gate of 12 stars was holding back something or contained something to a private demiplane. And what's there, no one knows. However, they do think that when you go and do drift travel, the drift randomly will rip a small piece of any demiplane in the multi-universe off every single time you do it. And those pieces are floating in the drift. And that could be anything from the plane of air, anywhere. It could be anything, anytime, anywhere. Every single time someone does drift travel, this occurs. And very rarely it'll actually happen to you when you're drifting, and then you can like get sucked. It into sounds something else. like Star Trek: The Next Generation later episodes where they're like, you can't travel above warp four. No, actually, all <laughs> drift. Yeah, it's actually drift. It's actually warp six. Excuse me. Right. Yeah, uh, uh, so, you, well, you got Yeah, you're right. I respect that. <laughs> you uh, got respect. Look, look, Chris, you obviously just don't Star Trek. Look, that's fine. Just I know. Uh, obviously, you, you uh, truly, you're not a fan. You're, you're just not a fan. Okay. <laughs> you're you're not a true fan. Um, right. and they right. they completely ignored that. By the way, that was one of those. It happened for one episode. And they never did again. Um, they so anyhow, yes. Now they believe that the piece that, that would you to drift rock was actually part of this super weapon. And when you guys were transmitting your exploits on the sh game show, they saw the strange writing and saw what was going on and were able to triangulate those strange writing with, with 
uh, Hakizan's like exploits to this temple, and they jumped ahead of you and made it to this place. And sure enough, everything seems to be matching up. So what is there and what's rec? It, this is all sort of matching. And they transmitted this data to something in the diaspora, and that is where you're at. Uh, all right, so we have another breadcrumb leading to all right to the, our, our next port of call. Before we do right. anything else, um, Mo and Tuttle, we... I mean, uh, Mo and Cheddar need healing badly. Yeah, but aren't we going to the top to make a transmission? I know, but can you deal with healing yourself? Yeah, so, ten foot, ten we minute rest. We're doing that now. Yeah, we're gonna okay, do the Steve, ten minute rest. We take a ten minute rest. Right, but I we mean, Cheddar is not gonna get healed. I mean, he's he's already tapped out. No, he might have a he might have a thing he can. I do. have a I have an ability I can use. Yeah, he can do. He got a thing he can do. I'm gonna use that spider thing. Let's use that. Wow, Hiroji had only three points of, st- of stamina damage. No, I, I don't take my stamina rest. I do not do that because I'm okay with my stamina damage. Um. The spider thing will not work on Cheddar. Yeah, I know. I'm going to use it. I don't care. Oh, uh, you want to use I it? Can't, I can't. Well, Cheddar will automatically get ten hit points back by Tuttle doing his rest. Yeah. yeah. So okay. Every time right. Tuttle rests, uh, Cheddar gets ten hit. Points oh wow! And then you can do one for free. That's his once per day. You can do a free one. So. Yeah, it's good. You have yeah. to have that. Uh, yeah, well, it went. It goes from forty ten percent to twenty five percent, and he got to twenty five percent. So now. Every day he can get him back. So we're full. Before that, it would, the most was forty. We're probably going to have to camp out at night because we had oh, yeah, chased definitely. people up here. We've had a number of encounters. Uh, I think we should do that when we rest. That gives me a- well, from a meta point of view, everyone's dead. <laughs> you killed like right. everyone's dead. You killed that's all what, the bad guys. Yeah. The elf. If they had re- if they had reinforcements at the top. They would have come down. The undead guy. The undead elf seems to be hanging out with you. He's on your side, friendly. so he will not He's kill friendly. you in three rounds, which he easily would do. And um, Solstarni and Wolholz are having a great time in the library. So you guys, so we got you're actually semi off the clock, okay. except now you know that this was transmitted, so you're kind of on the clock. Okay, well, so, yeah. do we want to go up to the top? And yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to let's just do the quick surveillance. I yeah, run at my full speed, which is eighty. Times four. Okay. I can I can bolt up there. I mean, marathon it up yeah, there. That's actually not true because um, you will get fatigued. You can only do that for short periods of time. Right, right. Short period of time, I'll do it for uh, one hour. No, that's not how it works. But I'm not sure, I'm not sure you can do that with there. all those cigars right. you yeah. smoke. Yes. Right, but, but... <laughs> I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. Now, it's interesting because Pathfinder 2 explains that like things like run and these other abilities you can only do in combat because you can only do them in short periods and if you try to do them in like standard rounds you stop because you can't do it you can't continuously do stressful activities over many many rounds or many minutes right and, but it probably only takes 3 rounds to get up that top of the hill all right who who cares about that i want to use a spike. you run up it takes you an hour actually it takes you uh it'll take you probably about 4 hours to get to the top of the hill really yes wow it's a it's a sharp incline. Okay, can I use the spider thing on me? Yeah, go right. Uh, it does. Uh, how many uh, is it? Two d eight. Two d eight. Okay. Plus side effect. Oh, nice! 15. Wow. Almost maximum. Uh, yeah. 
Wow, you got a seven and an eight? Oh my god. All right, you healed yeah, up. You're almost completely healed. Love that spider thing. Isn't there four, some kind of a four to two save? Yeah, do your save, though. Oh. 17. 17, you're fine. Okay. Spider so goes around if we, you. If, if we it stitches up. You just had like one really big hole in you, and it just like stitched up that big hole. Right. So if we rest overnight, I'll get four more points back. Cheddar will be back up. Cause here's the best part. Yeah. You guys feel awesome after you killed this guy. You feel yeah. like you can see things and know things that you didn't know before. You feel so strong that it feels like your ability points are going to go up. Your attacks are going to go up. You're going to be level five gonna, when you wake yes, up. Yes, <laughs> nice. You're going to learn your techno bets or spells. Uh, Wait, what? Nice. Ooh, huge. Oh, I love that. Oh, yeah. Now we're talking. That's the big now one. That's the big one. That's the big That's the big kahuna because you guys actually get four ability score increases. Wow. That's pretty good. So, good reason to go yeah. to sleep. And your your attacks go way up. The, the, I was looking. The difference between four and five is massive. Yeah. Here's so, the red, white, and the, the colors that never run. That's so, we're going to level the up. Bird of Liberty, never lose a feather. <laughs> So we're gonna level up overnight. Yes. Oh, yes. that's good. Um, we can't use we can't contact Absalom from here, can we? Sure, you can. If you bring the if you bring the if you bring the communication up, you can probably. That's what I mean. Like we, you know, we can't do it down way, here. We have to do yeah, it up there. but it's also one way communication. Like they brought it up to the top because they needed it for like direct line of sight. And it's one-way communication because it's planet to planet. That's fine. It's going to take, you know, whether it's a, a day or two, it's going to take a little bit of time to get there. Well, it's going to take uh, shorter than trekking across the jungle for 14 days or whatever it yeah, is. Yeah, it's light to, speed. Uh, right, 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 right. Oh, definitely. It's like light speed. It's equivalent yeah, of like I when Earth communicates to, to like, you know, Pluto. Or it's not Pluto, but like... Uh, you need to get the dropship like from Sulaco. Yeah. Right. yeah. I just exactly. want to get the, uh, the, the message out to the Pathfinder Society that this is a, a very real danger. And that sure. seems like the smart thing to do. Sure. Rather than show up, what, once we get our transport, like what, almost two, three weeks later? I mean, it's, it's a lot faster, I think. Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, you still are. The good news is you have Soul Starney, and she knows how to get back real easily. You got Woolholz. You guys are stronger. You know how to get back, and quite frankly, no one is trying to kill you and actively making things attack you. You should be able to get back, but it's still going to take like 12 days. Yeah. Okay. Thank God we finally have a native on this planet who can actually figure out how to get through the jungle. We've been yeah. looking for a decent person to deal with this. I am an expert, and I have survival ability. I'm sorry? Wait, wait what? I have... <laughs> I'm Lashunta. I've hunted here many times. This is just a walk did, in the park for me. Did, didn't we, like, die almost five times on the way in and get lost three times? It, it's all part of the adventure. Well, Hiroji himself managed to die... Several times, or dropped several times. So. Yeah, yeah, and and then the lost thing, and the going. Well, okay. Well, look. I mean, we we finally have a native. That's good. This is an uncharted territory. This is a off-limits territory. It's verboden. Um, so I don't have the best of skills, but I did keep you guys all alive, and I would like to get credit for that. <laughs> well, I mean, Mo kept us alive, but okay. Uh, survival skills. 
That's all. So what are you going to do? You're going to go run up to the top of the mountain yes. four hours later? Yes, we are. Are you bringing the equipment with you? You're going to need some yes. help. All right. Yeah, let's bring the equipment along. Well, well I, I, no, we're going to spend the night healing up, then healing cheddar, leveling up, and then carry the thing up the hill. Because okay, I thought we were done with this, with, with this day. Whatever you want to do. I mean, that's four hours up and four hours yeah, down. Yeah, it's, no, it's, it's like a full I'm day curious. to go up and a full day. It's half a day to go up and then another. Well, like they need to put the, the communication on the mountain. Like maybe we can actually do something useful with that too. I don't know. Yeah, because we don't know what's up there. I mean, oh, we know. It's empty. It's probably it's a giant monkey or something like that, you know. I could only hope. No, but I mean, we, I mean, we are. It's kind of metagaming that a little bit. We wouldn't be a hundred percent sure they don't have reinforcements up there, though. It seems yeah. like it seems like if they would have had reinforcements, they would have brought them. Yeah, like I well, didn't really need do to use know, the spider because you actually had a count from way back when. I'm kind of metagaming for you. Yeah, like, you actually knew how many people. So unless they picked up new people on the way. Um, you know that everyone's been accounted for uh, from the. Party. That's true. I mean, we uh, we had like the one in the forest that was eaten by the plant thing. There were three at the statue. There were like three or four in the temple. I'm thinking three uh, here. The adult the version of that lizard thing that almost uh, killed us at the. You know how we were going up the front side of the temple. There's some lizard yeah. thing yeah, the, in the. Uh, yeah. Mountain. That's a standard flora and fauna. It's a mountain eel or something. It was a baby version. That's that's. Yeah, I don't wanna... uh, in, in the western part of the planet, we do have flora and fauna that will kill you. I'm a Lashenta. I do know these things. <laughs> so well, there we are. So that I think is probably the plan. Like I don't want to risk Cheddar keeling over and. Uh, All right. So are you guys healing up. Yeah, so yeah, but we, not, we, we, I'm not damaged. We go to the top of the mountain. We do go to the, the top of the mountain with the, with the, with the equipment. And then we rest yeah. up there and we try and like talk to Absalons there. So right. struggling and pushing, we get this. I'll unit. say I'm, you I'm guys. I'm actually surprised that they brought this thing down. Like, why not just abandon the thing up there? Well, it's worth money. You know? I don't know. But anyway. Except, uh, so you guys heal yourselves. You stay in the temple. Um. Do you share anything of what you found with Wolstorny and Of course. It's Absolutely. All open yep. transparency. So they're the they're the scientific heavy hitters, so yeah, let's Well, I share it with Sostarni. I mean Wayless is my servant. Alright, Wayless is not he's kind of a pinhead. But... Yeah. Yeah. You, you share all that information. They are very interested. Sure enough, everything that they've been polling, because they started to go through the information that was polled. And she can tell you that that is course. She's like, oh, excited. She's like, oh, yes. Oh, that makes so much sense. That corresponds to exactly the information that uh, that they pulled from the archives. And it's uh, it totally makes sense. I was I was going slow and methodical because I didn't want to damage any of the valuable value the volumes as the paper and materials are extremely delicate over many, many years. But oh, there's so much information here, but it does appear that that correlates to everything I've been studying so far, that this indeed was originally uh, a temple that they regularly, uh, they instead uh, uh, christened into the, uh, into the uh, uh, Temple of the Twelve Sons and, and rededicated it. And, and this was their holy place and that they would regularly go up to the roof here and use the mini observatory there, as well as the one at the, at the top of the mountain. And as you can see in the ruins all around, that there was a large city here as well that uh, many, many millennia ago has disappeared. 
but I can I can spend so much time here. But this this helps greatly in my my study. And she's all excited and, and goes through all that. And they're they're, just, they're just furiously taking notes and taking pictures and doing all yeah. that. But it's all fits into place. That this all this all is dedicated to just knowing and observing those twelve stars. It's all sort of fitting into into place. Mo's not going to uh, ruin the surprise and tell anybody that he suspects that it's a giant clock in the sky. He's not going to actually t- say that. So that, That's probably wise. That is awesome. I yeah. didn't even think of that and you know what? That's a great That's thought. probably what that's it is. That's all it was. It was just a, a big spoiler old there. clock. A little spoiler there. You know. It makes sense actually. Well, you got to edit in that spoiler wa- warning so people at home you know if they want to because that's what it probably it's two is. two minutes to midnight. Yeah. <laughs> So okay. you heal I'm up. Thinking, I'm thinking it's a Larry Nevin novel that's in the sky. You heal up. Do you know up. about the Do you know about the death clock? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone knows. Not not everyone knows. Everyone knows. Everyone knows. Everyone who's smart knows. So I mean, you uh, we, we you heal know. up. You are to fifth level, which we'll do later, and you can pack up the equipment and bring it up to the mountain. Do you do that? Yes, we do. Yeah, yeah sure. You can even load some of it onto Cheddar, I suppose. Yeah, I Cheddar's say, still functional. He's fully functional. Fully functional. Cheddar's all all happy. You can carry and put some on him. You can put some on Mo because you need someone strong to carry the stuff. You bring it up the mountain, and then you're going to actually have to put it back together again. But Tuttle can take a 20 and just sort of figure out how to put the system back together again and boot it up to, to transmit a message, if you will. All right, well, we will try to get a hold of the Starfinder Society and try to get them the kind of the gist of what we we found. We should also send something to Dr. Mahali to let her know so Starney's safe. We, so, should t- we should say something to those Belters, too. I, I don't speak Belter. So, so something interesting is when you get up to the top, you notice that there was actually electromagnetic interference everywhere. Um, around this temple and around the mountain. So it was actually impossible to beam any messages more than like a few feet in any direction. Only local communication seems to work. Only when you get to the top. When you get to the top, it is all ruins. Like whatever was there, it just appeared to be large buildings, sure enough, for an observatory. But any of the equipment or the telescopes or whatever they used is gone. It's all gone. Nothing's there. So it's just, it's just, basically ruins so does the comm unit work up there yeah the comm unit definitely works up there and you can send messages just tell me what messages you want to send to whom uh well i would think number one send dr mahali an email a message letting her know so sarnia is safe and we're going to be trying to arrange to get back well she's safe for now and then starfinder society summarize what we found and see if they could maybe arrange some sort of evac so we can get out of here faster than walking out. Correct. That's great. I'm with you on that. Because maybe they can pull some strings and get a ship in here to get us or something. And we want to uh, send it to the coordinates that uh, into the belt, and Mo wants to drop trow and moon them. And that'll be the message to those guys. 
Okay, can, can we tell Mo that we sent his message, but just not hit any of the buttons? Oh, yes, you can. You absolutely can. Okay, well, we totally do that. that then. We say, all right, that's sent. Not he wants to and, play and a flashing a... light shows up on the screen. He wants to play the prank of Mooning. Tuttle, Tuttle just sends that to Tom at MySpace. <laughs> <laughs> Considering I was legitimately worried we were going to die, I'm actually very pleased with how this went. <laughs> well... Well, I thought that the elf getting into the fight was going to be ugly if it happened. Oh, you would have been dead. There's no chance. You guys are not prepared to... You guys can't really deal with that type of combat. Aren't we winding this down? No, I was just remarking that, you know, when we first logged on tonight, I was pretty sure we were going to actually wipe. Oh, totally. Me too. So why didn't that elf... Oh, well, I guess... Why... Yeah, this is over. Why didn't that elf... Uh kill us was bob successful at tricking him or no he didn't speak elvish then he was still just kind of like only defending the temple or keeping his perimeter i don't know he was he was obeying at first and then he was not obeying the kill command maybe that's just something beyond his uh no he had to make us he had to make rolls that he he had to successfully convince him and he didn't have the time to convince him so we didn't actually anything at all to successfully negotiate the uh, the guardian that just happened yep oh that's a that's a good bluff that's a good bluff <laughs> I bluffed him good that's all I know oh, now we were just wondering why that uh, the guardian never attacked us yeah because I bluffed him I told him like the real deal I hope no we meant more during the fight no no we're talking about during the fight so you go to the top do you signal, you can communicate with the station, whoever you want. It'll probably take a few hours for communication to go back and forth because of light speed and all that and the distance between the planets. But you can do some communication. You probably know that you don't have the, the all the all the security codes and anything that went went to the diaspora you don't have any of that you can send something but it's probably not worth it well also i don't know that we want to let them know that we have that we're onto them yet yeah you but i think we should only able to get basically the last three hours like first you were only get three hours and then you were able to decode the message which is what jason read that's all you got everything before that if there were anything it's gone and that's like permanently deleted. Now you can bring this back with you and look at it more, but as far as you know, it's just gone. But yeah, I should. I think we should try to see if there's any way to arrange like an emergency extraction so we don't have to hump out of the jungle for two more weeks. And you're sending that to whom? Um, both, both Doctor Mahali because maybe she has connections, or the Starfinder Society. Okay, I'll say you send off those communications. You hear back you guys hang out up there all day have a little picnic you know uh, will Hulse makes you some packed lunch and you hear back chisex asks for you to come back immediately for a full report first you know they'll get you an emergency one-time evac and pull every string they can to try to get you probably maybe even teleported since they do not wish to disturb the Ukulam forest and the uh, unique findings that you have and they can't easily land a ship because it's protected and quite frankly there's strange electromagnetic forces around that area so you might need to like hike a day outside of this temple area 
they'll pick you up and bring you back to the university and then get back on your ship and get back to... Thank God, I need to pilot my ship. Yes, get back to the station for a full debrief to figure out what to do next, because this sounds bad. That's good. Is that what you want to do? Cool. Did we get all of our loots that we could possibly get? Did we Greyhawk everything? I will say that you managed to Greyhawk and bring the more valuable items with you. What does it mean? Greyhawk. What's that from? It's it's a phrase actually from Pathfinder Society and actually previous. It just basically means Greyhawk. Of course, was the original campaign setting of Dungeons and Dragons. Right. It just basically means I go through the list of things you can do. I do my I do my perception check, a listen check, a spot check. I look up. I, will actually, I look down. I, I look right. up. I, I, I do detect I evil. I do that. detect it's magic. It's the reference I, do. I don't get. Like it's why from, would it's actually say, from like third edition? Actually, all that Greyhawk, or even second edition because it's from. First edition Dungeons and Dragons Greyhawk. Uh, the world of Greyhawk is where everything was in, and I don't know exactly where the term Greyhawking came from. So strange. But Greyhawking means to. I understood it meant to like you just steal everything and go through every nook and cranny and take yes. everything you can of the place. Yeah, John, it's uh, it's not strange. You know, I, I, you're playing no. you playing this game is strange. No, 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 no. <laughs> I, I get the term. I it's the reference. The reference doesn't yeah. make sense. It's I a D and D reference. It's a lot of well, of course, it's edition. A I, I had Grey Greyhawk too, but it just searching has nothing to do with the world of Greyhawk. Yeah, okay, you're right. It confused me. All right, I'm missing. I'm not missing anything that you guys. Greyhawking. Are. I'm looking up the official. Plunder everything that isn't nailed down, and then take everything that is nailed down, and then take the nails from the walls, and then finally take the walls. That is the official right. terminology. Is, exactly. But again, it doesn't. Yeah, he's going by the uh, word. I know, you can't understand the RJ. I, I, I like the etymology of words. So no, that's, you know, that's, that's, that's a phrase. It's actually a, yeah, it's 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 a it's more of a phrase, and uh, you will not get the actually. Etymology. It's from. Bob is correct. It's not from it's not from Starfinder Society or Pathfinder or ah. even the Adventures League. Dungeons and Dragons from the role playing RPGA, which was the really? original okay. society, and that's where they because RPGA assumed players acquired all available treasure, so they said we would Greyhawk the place. That's where it's coming from. Ah, okay. There, that makes It's presumed that it started in the RPG, because that's from the early 80s, 70s. That's a long time ago, so there's no no internet back then. Okay. okay. You guys guys hang out there for a few days. So Starney and Woolhulse, they managed to take all their pictures. They're going to... This can last the rest of their careers. You guys take what you can, you take the dead bodies, you pack up the communications, you hike the appropriate evac point where a very basic dropship appears. You guys hustle into the dropship and over a few hours manages to fly across the planet. It's not super fast, but fast enough. Brings you back to the university where... You managed to meet back with Professor Maholi and Solstarni, all in tow. Big happy reunion. Let's do the reunion real quick. Hey. Hi, guys. 
Oh, yes, we're back here. There, do you feel better now? You feel like you're in uh, civilization Indeed. once again? Move yes. action. I pull out my pistol. That uh, is some action. Bush. I what? attack Cheddar. No, what? I don't do that. No, I'm... no, no. Ignore me. Um. Yeah, we don't like the bush. We we don't want to go out in the bush anymore. I like a room that's air conditioned. It's yeah. you go back. Mahali is so happy that you were able to bring back her colleague in one piece. She officially offers each of you admittance and free tuition to the school for up to three years in thanks for your service. Oh, how, how many years can they degree? Does it take more? He's paying us in this damn book learning. She is. She. She. Tuttle's like, can I just get my degree? <laughs> yeah. Alternatively, if you wish, you can choose to accept a research grant of hmm, a thousand credits each from the university in lieu of a scholarship. Yay! Uh, yeah, we got to go save the world, so we'll take the credits. I might want a scholarship. What does that entail? I might want that. Oh, well, you come back and attend the university for three years for free, and then you can get your degree. Are there sororities? Yes. Yes. You know all about it. Didn't you go? Yo, that's right. You don't do them book learning. You did the uh, School of Hard Knocks. School of Hard Knocks, I learned a lot of things. I learned a lot of things. I'm not a a dunce. Mm -hmm. I might want the I might want the the uh, I might want to go for the um, yes I will go for the three years. Okay, so right. we'll leave you here and get a new character. Oh, I guess start this now. No, I'm kidding. You can come. Can back. I do it sometime? Yes, you do in the future. So everyone else, I presume, do you get research grants? Oh yeah, Please. the research. Oh, yeah. There's so oh. much research that Mo needs to do. So much. Sure, you can figure out how you want to use your research grant of a thousand credits, <laughs> and you guys can get back on to your um, what's the name of your ship again? I forgot. Uh, the Sunrise Maiden. Sunrise Maiden. Jump on the Sunrise Maiden. Go back to Absalom. Absalom Station. You go back to Absalom Station. Meet with Shasek, and you guys have officially, finally wrapped up book two. The the hell was this book called? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like the so drama. The you're completely yeah, we can't, we can't help you there. We don't we don't know the There's name a temple of the twelve. Uh, you officially of have managed to finish book two, Dead Sons, the Temple of the Twelve. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> and now you go up to level. You go up to level five, and then we can start book three, which. Will be a whole new adventure and a whole new area, and you're finally out of the jungle. Finally Yay. out of that stinking hot, terrible jungle. Thank God. I'm gonna buy a snowsuit. Get out in front of the next yeah, problem. Definitely. Yeah. Seriously. Cold abilities. There right, you go. Hey everyone, Steve here. So there we go. The end of book two of the Dead Sun's Adventure Path. I do like when they end books and start new ones. It always feels like a fresh start. They're going to all be level 5, which is a big, big jump from level 4, as you're soon going to find out next week. 
They could start a brand new adventure, obviously written by a new author. So the whole adventure has a new feel to it. They're going to go to new places. And we even finished this one just a tiny bit faster than the first book. I'm actually starting something new because I kind of want to go through these books a little bit faster than we've been doing. Just so that we can get to the other adventure paths that are coming out because Signal Scream sounds awesome. But at this rate, we're not going to start Signal Screams for like two more years. So I did start something new to kind of speed things up and it actually seems to be working. So do look forward to hopefully these going just a touch bit faster. It's not like we're going to be finishing up a book in like five episodes, but hopefully less than, I don't know, it's taking about 24 episodes or so to finish up a book. So I think it's going to go a little bit faster going in the future. Also, a note, people were asking, how come the elf did not attack the party? Well, I did explain it in the podcast, but there's a second reason. They had a command undead spell, and Taoman had to do a charisma check to actually successfully command the elf to attack them, and he failed to check horribly, and didn't realize it, and then didn't try another check. That is why it failed. Let me tell you, I think he rolled like a three, and it definitely wasn't enough to convince them. And I'll tell you, if he rolled high enough, the elf was going to attack them. And what would have happened? I really don't know. I have a feeling we have a whole bunch of contingency plans, or at least I do, in case they all die or something happens. I kind of have some things in the back burner. I have some kind of things in the back of my mind of how I'm going to handle that, just in case that does happen. Like, if one or two characters die, they die. You know, I just get some new artwork and call it a day. But a TPK, that's a whole other thing. Because you don't really want to kill off every single character if you can get away with it. So I kind of have something in the back of my mind. So someone hopefully will always, one person will live and carry on the mantle of the role for combat original crew. Hopefully it'll never come to that. But yeah, that's why the uh, bad guy didn't uh, just kill everyone. He just wasn't turned and all he cared about was protecting the temple. And as long as they didn't go towards the temple, which they didn't, well, they didn't until the very end and they weren't really attacking, then they were going to be fine. So this week's GM PC tip is why you should always have an NPC as part of the party. Now I used to never do this and only recently have kind of gotten into it and I've sort of learned to love having an NPC as part of the main party. Now this is a bit of a pain because it's one more thing as you as the GM needs to manage and that of course is a pain. But there's a lot of advantages of having an NPC part of the party. I'm going to go through all of that right now. So those of you who regularly listen to the show, you've noticed that we've had NPCs on most of the podcasts. In the first few episodes, we had the Goblin as well as the Sniper who was part of the party. Obviously, these last few episodes, we had Woolholz as part of the party. And the big advantage of having an NPC part of the party is storytelling. So... There's often a ton of storytelling that you want to get across to your players and you don't know how to do it. There is often not easy ways to sort of explain backstory or explain what's going on. And I tell you, every GM knows this. It drives you absolutely nuts when you're looking at a book and you have pages and pages of story that you want to tell your players. And instead they go in and they kill the bad guys and then walk out of the temple that has like 
10 pages worth of backstory and it drives you nuts because either you worked on it or you read about it and you want to share it with the characters but they completely ignore the story and that takes away from a lot of the actual not just the role playing but the adventure and the story in general so that is where NPCs come in if you have an NPC you can well you can sort of explain the story through the NPC and it doesn't feel heavy handed and it doesn't feel like you're interfering with the role playing and the game itself. This is an extremely popular tactic in fantasy. A perfect example that everyone will know is Gandalf. Gandalf was there for no other purpose other than to sort of explain to you as the reader as well as the hobbits of what the overarching story was and what the history of the world was. Because the hobbits were like, I don't know what's going on. They literally lived in the middle of nowhere and never left a little corner of the world. Gandalf comes along and then eventually some of the other members of the party and they are there to sort of explain to the protagonists what's going on why they need to do what they're doing the history of the world and so on that is how you should picture your npcs that they're there not to really fight and to really actually do anything quote useful because that i don't like i don't like having npcs that can actually help out even though clara was a good sniper and she did help out once in a while that's kind of rare i usually like the more in the role of woolholes where they're sort of useless but if you need to know what's going on or need to transition the story or need to move things along or need to know, find out what's going on in the world that you're in, that is what they excel at. And that is why you have an NPC. So think of your NPC as your storyteller, as the person who can impart information to your PCs without being too heavy-handed. And the other thing is you can be kind of fun and goofy. If you notice most of my NPCs, they're, they're, they're all goofy, whether they're goblins or even Clara, who was like serious and kind of fun. And then we have Woolholse, who's really goofy. It also lets me get my goof out when I get to play these characters. And do expect to see more of these in the, well, in the future episodes. They're always appearing to be an NPC in these adventure paths that you can sort of pick up and I almost always throw them into the party and also it gives the party someone to beat up that's another reason you put an NPC if you notice most party members like to beat each other up but when you get like a fifth wheel in there they can all beat up the NPC and then they all get their frustrations out on him and then no one feels bad and even the GM well maybe they feel bad that their PC is getting beat up a little but it's sort of like a, a release valve if you will somewhere where they can release their stress onto the NPC that they know is not too important and then finally the best part about an NPC and I've seen this more often than not is that they might treat the NPC like garbage and they're gonna like you know unload all their crap on the npc but as soon as the npc gets in trouble or they're about to die you'll see the pcs go crazy and do everything in their power to save that poor guy and that's something else i'll often do is sometimes just for fun throw them into the mix get him in trouble, and then, you know, especially if an encounter is way too easy, have the NPC wander in and start getting attacked or kidnapped by the bad guy, and suddenly that very easy encounter becomes a very complex encounter with very high stakes, because as much as they hate that guy, they really don't want him to die, and they're going to go out of their way and sort of take crazy risks and use their best spells to save that guy. He almost becomes like a pet of the party. Try that out. 
that is one of my favorite things to do. I don't do that a lot, and I don't consciously do it. It actually sort of happens almost naturally. I've said it before, I never understood what writers would say they don't even know what their characters are going to do until they start writing the story. When I play an NPC, I totally get it because I don't even know what the NPC is going to do. I'm just playing the character, and next thing you know, he's in the middle of combat trying to pick a route for you know a stew he's making because he saw something that he realizes is a super rare like truffle that you could only get here, and someone's about to step on it in the middle of a firefight, so he jumps in to try to grab it so he can make some really good stew for them to have dinner that night, but then he gets kidnapped by the bad guy, and now the PCs have to save him. You know, I, I don't think of it ahead of time. It just sort of happens. So there you go. There's a couple of reasons. I can go on about this for hours, but I don't want to take up too much time. But you can see where I'm going with this. NPCs are there for fun. They're there for the PCs to unload on. They're there to transition story. They're there just as comic relief. You can go on and on. And the best part is, if they die, eh, who cares? It's not your character. So a couple of show notes. Don't forget, do join the Discord channel, discord.rollforcombat.com. We have gotten a ton of new people joining, mostly because of our Pathfinder playtest coverage. We're running a ton of games on there now, so do check that out. Also, for those of you who are new to the show, do check us out on Android and iTunes. And do please, please review us on iTunes. We have got gotten a couple reviews in like a week or two. And those really help out a lot. If you like the show, please take five minutes. Go to iTunes. If you don't have an account, just make one. It's very quick. It's free. And just say you like the show. It helps us out quite a bit. I really, really appreciate it. Also, don't forget, every Tuesday we have a new podcast. Jason's Talking Combat Column is every Thursday. Do check out the No Direction podcast where they are putting out all the talks from Gen Con from Paizo, and we're sponsoring them. There were a lot of really good talks there where they're talking about every single one of their systems, everything that's coming out in the next year. Do check out those talks. Those are going to be released over the next month or so. That's the No Direction podcast, spelled K-N-O-W. If you want to listen to those, they release like one every day or so. Also, do check us out on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube. You can check out our Reddit channel. You can check out our Patreon. I'm actually going to be redoing the Patreon a little, adjusting some of the rewards and changing it up in the near future. So do check that up. Also, don't forget, we do have reviews on the website. We did a very long, very detailed review of both Armory as well as the Pathfinder playtest. And anything new that's going to be coming up in the near future, we'll be reviewing that as well. And then finally, do subscribe to the podcast. We have interviews coming up with people I interviewed at Gen Con, as well as some more games. I do have a Starfinder Society game that I got to get out soon. We have the Pathfinder Playtest games I got to get out. We have our Dead Sons Adventure Path, which is going to continue with Book 3 starting next week. And I have more interviews coming out. So I just got to fit that in between myself and all my vacations and everyone else's vacations. August is not a good month to have a ton of things coming out. But don't worry, just stick with the podcast, pay attention, and you'll be surprised. It'll be like Christmas every day. Well, Christmas when things come out, not every day. The day that things come out, those are the days that are going to be like Christmas. But anyhow, thanks for listening, and I'll talk to you guys next week. 
See ya. You've been listening to Roll for Combat, a Starfinder actual play podcast. If you have a question or comment for the show, please visit us at rollforcombat.com or drop us a line at contact at rollforcombat.com. You can also find us on Twitter, Facebook, Discord, and other social media platforms. listening to Roll for Combat. Until next week, always remember to tip your GM.